savior. He's the creator designer. He's the one that made everything that we say. Today we look up and we pray after the sunshine. Other days we might look out and maybe not be too excited about the rain, but it's given to us by God to make everything green, uh, to give us life, the oxygen that we breathe. But that's because there's a designer. And a lot of people say to me, Ben, I don't believe in God. I believe in evolution. The question about that would be, well, how can evolution make everything uh, the way that it is, the way that we see it? And we look at it and say, wow, you know what, this is great, it tastes good, it looks good, it feels good, aesthetics. You know, if evolution could explain function, it can't explain the design that is actually staring us in the face and speaking to us about the fact that there is a God. The Bible says that heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork, day unto day uttereth speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. Everywhere around this planet, there are cultures, and we might speak different languages, we may not be able to understand one another, but to each one of us in our own language, nature, nature speaks about the fact that there's a creator designer. It's shouting that there is a God. You know, the Bible says that uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. And so as we look out, we see the, the different uh, systems that God has put into this creation. We've got the solar system. We've got the water cycle. We've got the reproduction of life and all those things, the circulatory system of the human body or the incredible uh, neurological things that God has done within our body. Everything there points to the fact that there is a creator designer. The problem with us as men is that we've sinned against our creator, we've violated God's law, and because of that sin, the Bible says, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. Every single one of us someday is going to stand before God and give an account for everything that we've ever done in our life. Not just what we have done, but also the Bible even says what we have said. The Bible says every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Oh, there's a lot of words that people use today. They act as if it's no big deal. They use profanity without conscience. They take God's name without conscience. They lie without conscience. And yet the Bible says that even if we do that, we're not thinking anything about it. The Bible says that every idle word that we speak, we're going to give an account to a holy God for that. Can you imagine someday when we stand before God how long the list is of our transgressions against God? But it's not just the fact that we have sinned repeatedly against God. It's that the punishment for that sin uh, is eternity away from God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. The punishment for our sin is eternity in a place that the Bible calls hell. A lot of people laugh about hell, but they don't laugh about somebody that had their house burned. They don't laugh about somebody that had their car burned. They don't laugh about somebody that was tragically burned in a fire, but very sadly they laugh about hell, and yet hell is a fire. It's a reproach to every person that's in hell today to have anybody ever laugh about hell because they're in a place of eternal torment because of their sin against God, a place that we can all go to except by the grace of God, is a place that is eternal uh, and it is separation from God. In life right now, everybody can look around and praise God today. If somebody cried out to God and said, God be merciful to be a sinner, anybody today could cry out to God for God's mercy and God would give it if they cried out believing in faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But in hell, somebody can cry out all they want for all eternity and it matters not because the Bible says that they are forever separated from the eternal God. If you were to ask me today, Ben, what's the worst thing about hell? I think I would start there and say, God is not there. You are separated from God for all eternity. And that is the second thing that I say about hell. It is eternal. It is eternal. There's no going back. There's no do-over. The Bible says it's appointed to men once to die, but after that, the judgment. Nobody gets to go to hell and say, you know what, I don't really like being in this place of eternal fire and separation from God. I'd like to go back and have a do-over. Nobody gets that. 
The only chance that we have is if in this life we'll awaken in our hearts and begin to think, right, you know, it's time to think seriously about eternal things. It's time to stop living for physical life and start living for eternal life. The Bible says that our days uh, are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength, they'd be four score years, yet, uh, you know, that, that might be great. Somebody can live to 70 years of age. They can live to 80 years of age. But one thing we know, every single one of us at some point is going to die. I ask you today, are you ready for that day of, of judgment? Are you ready for that judgment when you stand before holy God and you give account for your life? A lot of people know about a lot about drink. They know a lot about drugs. They know a lot about immorality. They know a lot about pornography. They know a lot about all the ungodliness that this world has to offer, but they know little to nothing about God. They know little to nothing about being a holy man or a holy woman, a father or a mother that is right in the sight of God, a father or mother that knows this Bible, that can teach their children the truth about God. Oh, for a generation that would awaken. Oh, for a generation that would pick up this book, the Bible, and begin to read it. Begin to take it uh, for what God intended it to be, the very word of God. That's why today the government cannot edit this book. Educators cannot edit this book. So social media cannot edit this book. If the Bible says, though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. It doesn't matter today if everybody on, the, on Princeton Street joined hands together and said, Ben, I don't believe the Bible, I reject the Bible. That does not change the Word of God one bit. Any more than it would be that if somebody stood here today and said, Ben, I don't believe in gravity, they're not going to float. What it is is what's true. We need to know that what's true is this book is the Word of God. These words were given to us that we might believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we might have life through His name. God's given us a treasure map. It's a treasure map that leads to greater riches uh, than gold, greater riches than silver, greater riches than rubies. And if today I had a treasure map that said there was a million pounds buried uh, here in Princess Street Gardens, and it was legit, you'd be a fool not to be a person that would grab a spade and take all the time it takes to try to find that treasure that's buried there. I tell you this, you're a fool today if you turn aside from the truth of the Word of God, if you close your eyes to the book that God has given. The Bible says it this way, the fool hath said in his heart that there is no God. Why is that person so foolish? Because they've turned their back on the love of God. They've turned their back on the grace of God. They've turned their back on the only way of salvation. Salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Well, it's a fool today that would turn their back on everything that God wants to give. To take Satan's offer of, of sinful pleasure that are but for a season. That when you die, you spend eternity paying for. It's a fool that takes that a burner from the devil himself and rejects the loving God. Well, I praise today, God today that He loves you. I praise God today that He cares about you. I praise God today that the greatest desire in the heart of God would be for you and your heart to begin to search the Scriptures daily, to read about Jesus Christ, and to understand who the Son of God is and what He did when He died on the cross for your sin. Have you ever looked at the cross, my friend? Have you ever looked at that place, that holy place, 2,000 years ago, just out the old, outside the old city walls of Jerusalem? where Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, suffered and bled and died as a thief on a cross for your sin. He was a holy man. He was a righteous man. But the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ died for your sin. That sin that you defend, that sin that you think, oh, that's no big deal. My lies, my lust, my covetousness, 
my re re God rejects it or anything like that. You laugh about that. You mock that. But I'll tell you this, the very Son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for that sin. Jesus Christ died for you. That's an awesome thing today, my friend. Somebody could say to me, Ben, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. I can look them in the eye and tell them, I promise you, based on the authority of the Word of God, that absolutely there's a God in heaven today that loves you. Why? Because God loves sinners. The Bible says, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. You might say, well, Ben, that's kind of a rude thing to say about me, that I'm a sinner. But I'll tell you this, it goes both ways. I look at myself today and I recognize that I am a sinner. There's none righteous, no, not one. If somebody's a pastor, they're a priest, they're a religious person, it doesn't matter who that person is or how good that person is. The truth is today, all are sinners. And that's why Jesus died. Jesus Christ died because all are sinners. And the punishment for all our sin is eternity in the lake of fire away from God. God in his love did not want us to have to pay that awful price. So the Son of God, Jesus Christ, went to that cross of shame. He went there for us. He went to the cross of pain for us. Why? Because he loves us. Again, I say to you today, there's no doubt in my heart, in my mind, one, one bit, or according to the truth of the word of God, that God loves you today. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, God desires to give that to you today, my friend. It's not something that you have to earn. It's not something that you have to have a great religious intellect or a great mind to comprehend. You just have to have the wisdom to bow your head before holy God, recognize yourself for what you are in the sight of God, a sinner condemned to an eternity in a lake of fire, but understanding that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died for you on that cross, that he didn't stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. Oh, it's very clear in the word of God that Jesus Christ rose. The Bible speaks about Jesus appearing to over 500 people at one time. The Bible, after his death, the Bible speaks about Jesus appearing to his disciples after his death. These eyewitnesses of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of his death and of his resurrection testify to us today that there's a living, loving Savior that died on the cross for our sin and that by the grace of God we can repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ. Friend, has there ever been a time in your life where you've humbled your heart before a holy God? Sadly, today, when churches are open tomorrow, they'll be empty. Sadly, tonight, when pubs are open, they'll be full. Our world is out about drugs, drink, and morality. Our world is very little about a loving God. People today may say to me, Ben, I, it's no big deal. I'm just an atheist. I'll tell you this. That is a big deal in the sight of a holy God. Think about it today. It'd be like going to the art gallery that's up here, looking at the great works of art, and giving glory to an explosion in the paint factory that made all of the glorious creations that you see in that place. Those landscapes are not alive. They're dead. This world is alive because God made it alive. The landscapes that God made are changing constantly. They're beautiful. You've got sunsets, sunrises. You've got rainbows because the creator designer made that. But I'll tell you this, an atheist does not look at that and give glory to God. An atheist mocks that, laughs at that, says science made that, instead of looking at that and Do saying a say loving it. God designed you know that. A loving creator made that. Praise God that he did that for us. We ought to bow our heads and say thank you God for making that. We ought to bow our heads before God and say, thank you for my food. Thank you for my family. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. So I'll tell you again, an atheist never does that. An atheist looks around 
that everything that God made and gives glory to a false god, gives glory to an idol that they bow down to. And by the way, that idol is something that they can carry. They want a God that they can put on their arm and they can say to their God, God, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. Because in reality, an atheist is somebody that believes that they are God. They do not want to bow before a holy God that created them, that designed them. They do not want a God that is willing to carry them and, and order their life. They do not want to bow before a creator designer. They want a God that they can control. If you don't believe that, just look at the agenda that's on the heart of this wicked world against God. They're, they're legislating wickedness. They're banding together and saying, let's say that all sorts of ungodliness is okay because we say that it's okay. And yet the Bible for, forbids the sin of homosexuality. The Bible forbids the sin of fornication. The Bible for, forbids the taking of life of a person, whether that's in the womb or a child that is out of the womb. God forbids it. The Bible calls that murder. And yet again, our world is seeking to justify themselves instead of being justified by a holy God. Praise God today that despite our sin, there's a loving God that's reaching out to us, trying to impact our hearts, trying to impact our lives, trying to get us to stop, look, and listen, because someday we're going to believe in God. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day where it doesn't matter who you are today, how hard your heart is against God or not. You're going to bow the knee before a holy God. You're going to acknowledge that He is God, that He is the creator, that He is the designer, that He is the lawgiver. But the sad thing is, many people today are going to wait until it's too late to get the mercy of God. You know, if we got what we deserve today, it'd be eternity in the lake of fire the first time that we sin. Anybody that today that blames God and curses God for things that are in their life, do not begin to understand what we deserve because of our transgression against God. What we deserve is eternity away from God. What we deserve is eternity in the lake of fire. And yet again, I say to us today that there's a Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that died on the cross for our sins. A lot of people want to claim Psalm 23, especially at their funeral. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The sad thing today is that most people are not the sheep of the shepherd. Jesus said it this way. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If your feet are not following the shepherd today, then Jesus is not your shepherd. And because of that, you don't have in your life what you need. A lot of people today are hopeless. A lot of people today are lacking peace. They're trying to find it in drugs and drink and immorality and other lifestyles and, and things that are against God. But I'll tell you this, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that God desires to give is a peace that's only found in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. If Jesus was your shepherd today, you could claim all the peace that the Bible speaks about in Psalm 23. When it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And I love Scotland and the sheep that are here. And you look at the sheep and they look so content and so satisfied in those beautiful pastures that are there. And that's a picture of somebody whose life is under the authority of God. That's a picture of somebody that is resting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Sadly, today, most people aren't like that. They may not say it out loud, but at night when they lay their head on the pillows, they might be thinking about taking their life. They might be looking at their life and saying, it's hopeless. There's nothing for me to live for. Uh, there's no real joy in life. I've tried everything. I've tried maybe drugs or drink or immorality or things like that, and it's empty. 
What's sad about that is their mates encourage them in that. Have you ever noticed that you go to the pub or you drink more, you smoke or things like that, people pat you on the back, they say that's great, but pick up a Bible, believe in God, and what will they say? So few in our day will pat you on the back and say, hey, that's great, I'm glad you're learning the Bible, I'm glad you're thinking about God, I'm glad you're believing what God says in His holy words. There's very few in our day today that care that much about somebody that they would encourage them to get that which they really need in their life, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Bible says, is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I tell you today from the Word of God, it's not religion that can save you. It's not uh, anything other than uh, God and Christ that can save you. Jesus Christ is the only way. It's not changing your life. It's not being a good person. It's not reforming your life today. The Bible says, Though thou wash thee with nitre, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. As God looks down today, I don't know the, the hearts of men that are walking before me today, but my God knows every thought. My God knows every uh, everything that's in the heart of that person, every sin that they've ever committed against God. And yet, sadly, again, many people today are like the people that put Jesus Christ on the cross. They mock him. They blindfold him and spit on him. They curse him. They use his name as a defiled word and, and abuse his name. And yet the Son of God lovingly died on the cross for them. And I'll tell you this, my Savior would say today what he said on that cross so many years ago. He would say this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you understood today what it meant to take the name of a holy God in vain, you tremble with fear before that God. The Bible says there is no fear of God, saith my Lord, to the wicked. There is also no peace today to the wicked. Oh, for a generation that would rise up, a generation that would begin to live in the fear of God, a generation that would care more about what God says in his holy book than what the government says, than what the educators say, than what the social media say. Our world is all about pleasing people. It's not about pleasing God. I praise God today. I don't stand out here today and lift my voice to please men. I'm not here today to give a, a pat on the back for somebody passing by saying that's really a, a wonderful thing that you're doing. I'm here today in obedience to God to declare that there's a God in heaven that cares enough about you that he's seeking to awaken your heart to get you to pick up a Bible and to begin to think about God. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. God desires you to have life. God desires you to have the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give you. God desires you to have a good marriage. God desires you to be a good father, a good mother, a good grandparent. But I'll tell you this, you'll not be a good anything without God. The Bible says there is none good, no, not one. There is none righteous. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, bow with me today and weep at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God that died on the cross of shame for your sin. If we understood today how dearly God desired to save us from hell, there would be a dry eye in this place today. We'd be weeping for love of a God that loves us so much that he would die on a cross for our sin. Very sadly today, atheists have a very hard heart towards God. Atheists curse God. Atheists mock God. Atheists live a life as if there is no God. And yet he's the very one that gave them life. 
He's the one that gave them the breath that they used to curse them, the breath that they used to mock him, the breath that they used to live a life that is profane against the holy God. And yet praise God today that God in his mercy does not snuff out our lives, but God continues to wait. I'll tell you this today, my friend, the Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? Why are you pushing God away? Why are you turning your back on the love of God? Why don't you care for the God that designed you? Why don't you care for the God that made you? Why don't you pick up his book and give him the time of day? Why don't you take a break in your week and say, I'm going to honor God on the Lord's day. I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to begin to seek God. You might say to me, Ben, I don't know what kind of church to go to. Can I say to you today, just pick up a Bible and say, I want to go to church that preaches the Bible. If they don't say what the Bible says about marriage, don't go there. If they don't say what the Bible says about life, don't go there. If they don't say what the Bible says about sin, don't go there. Because I'll tell you this, the vast majority of people today walking past know absolutely what the Bible says about marriage. They know absolutely what it says about Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for them. Begin to judge religion by this book. Not everything that says uh, we're Christianity is Christianity. Not everything that says it is Christ is Christ. The Bible says that Satan himself will dress himself as an angel of light. So how do I see through that? I pick up the Bible, begin to read it and say, what does God say about marriage? What does God say about life? What does God say about sin and fornication and adultery and all the things that are, are the deceptions of this world that people say, God, it's not that big a deal, Ben, if people live together in sexual sin. It's not that big a deal if they take the life of a child that's in the womb of their mother. You know, I say to you today, any sin can be forgiven, praise God, but we got to understand today that sin is sin. We cannot justify ourselves. We must get justification from God. We don't need today the government to cleanse our heart because they can't, but we need the God of heaven to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness through the grace of a loving God that died on the cross for our sin. Friends, today, do you know for sure that you've been forgiven? Has there ever been a time when you've had your heart cleansed by the power of God? The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friend, I don't know you and what kind of guilt you've got in your life today. I don't know the heaviness that's on your heart, but I know this. Sin is a heaviness. Sin is a burden. There's a God that desires to take it away. The Bible says it this way, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God desires today to lift that burden. There's no greater burden than sin. There's no greater burden than the emptiness of a life without God. There's no greater burden than a life that questions, what's it all about? Why am I here? What is the purpose to life? You know, that burden is taken away through Jesus. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus Christ is the life. Oh, I praise God today. He came to give us life, and He came to give it more abundantly. Somebody that is passing by today that knows the joy of salvation, knows the joy of the forgiveness of God, knows the joy of the mercy of God, could easily testify of the grace of God, the goodness of God, the favor of God, the mercy of God. There's plenty of people today that have had kind of everything and have nothing. Somebody could be Donald Trump or Elon Musk and have all the wealth in the world or have the power that comes with it or the prestige that comes with it, but there's nothing that they can give to God someday to ransom their soul from an eternity in a lake of fire. The Bible says, What should a prophet of man 
if he should gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul. There's nothing today that somebody can offer to God and say, God, I'm going to buy my soul out of eternity in the lake of fire. And, and sadly, because of that, it's very difficult for a rich person to get saved. A rich person, their God is their money. Their God is their shopping. Their God is their things. And I'll tell you this, we are in a very affluent society. We've got good health care. We've got good economy. We've got a lot of good things going for us. There are very few people today that can honestly say, I am poor. We are self-satisfied. We are our own God. We can meet our own need. And the sadness of that is, if that is my life, someday I'm going to wake up and it's going to be too late and I'll enter into eternity without God. If you're having a tragedy in your life today, I would say praise God for it. It might be just the thing that makes you think about God. It might be just the thing that makes you take the time to pick up a Bible and to begin to read it and to begin to understand about the love of God and about the mercy of God and about the grace of God. Friend, it's never too late to find God. I praise God in my church this past year. I've seen people come to church that have never gone to church in their life. People that are in their 60s or their 50s or their 40s. Even some teenagers that have gotten serious about thinking after God. And you know what? I praise God. I can tell you today that we've seen several accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Several that have been saved from eternity away from God. Several that have new faith in God. Faith that you can have, my friend. You might think today, Ben, I can never come to faith in God. But can I tell you from the Word of God? Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. I would just encourage you today, pray to the God that you struggle to believe in. Pray to the God that you feel like you don't understand, you know, God at all. But just cry out to God and say, God, help me. Help me to understand you. Help me to know about you. And then if you'll do this, pick up a Bible and begin to read it. You may say, Ben, I don't, I don't know where to read. I'd encourage you, read the book of John. It says in the book of John, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing he might have life through his name. God gave us that book of John to testify about Jesus Christ. You read that book, you'll read about his healing people, his setting people free. You'll read about his mercy, his kindness, his grace, and yet his opposition to false teachers. His opposition to the ungodly that had turned their back on God, that were making merchandise out of religion, that were making religion a thing of finance instead of uh, a work of the grace of God in the hearts of men. Jesus Christ himself went into the temple. He cleared it of the money changers. He said, you've made my father's house a house of merchandise. You might be somebody today saying, Ben, I hate religion because it's all about money. They want to get in my pocket. They want to inflate their purse. And it's all about getting from me. I'll tell you this, a religion like that is nothing like Christ. A religion like that is nothing like God. If you're in a religion like that, that's all about money and their wealthiness, about getting rich and things like that, it's a false religion. Don't blame God for what they're doing. If today, maybe in your heart, you've gone to a church and they've taken a position contrary to the word of God and they're trying to teach you to do all these things and if you do all these things, God will accept you. I'll just tell you this, that's not God. God says by the works of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. It's nothing we can do today to earn favor with God. The only thing that we can do is bow our head before a holy God. Look at the cross that Jesus Christ died on and where he suffered and bled for us. And in our heart, bow before that God. And say, God, I don't understand why you love me so much that your son died on that cross for my sin. 
But I believe that he did do that. And that he didn't stray in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. And put your faith in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Oh, God in his mercy today is reaching out. Friend, has there ever been a time when you bowed the knee? I'll just tell you this, my own testimony. As a child, I heard a message on hell. I heard him speak about eternity in the lake of fire. I heard him speak about the punishment for our sin. I heard him preach about the judgment that was there. As a little boy sitting there, I thought, I don't want to go to a place like that. I went down to my dad's study. I asked my dad, Dad, how can I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? My dad showed me on that day that I was a sinner, that the punishment for my sin was hell, but that Jesus Christ loved me, and that he paid the price of Calvary, uh, Calvary's cross for my sin, and that by faith in him, the Son of God, who did not stay in the grave, but rose from the dead, I could be born again. I bowed my head as a little boy. I prayed a simple sinner's prayer, something like this, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you love me so much that you died for me. Will you please forgive me of my sin and save me? You know, praise God, at that moment I passed from death unto life. From that day to this, I have no doubt that I'm saved. I have no doubt that if I died, I spend eternity in glory with God. Friend, do you have that testimony today? If not, I fear for you. I fear that you'll die someday, stand before holy God, and rather than that God and His love, letting you into glory and into paradise, that that God will look at you on that day and say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Oh, friend, do you know God? It's not enough today to know about God. It's not enough today to be able to even pick up the Bible, be intellectual when it comes to the scriptures. The only thing that matters today is do you have Christ in your heart or not. The Bible says, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Oh, friend, do you have the Son of God today? It's not a religion. It's not christening. A lot of people in Scotland, they think, well, I was christened. You know, I was done when I was a child. And, that's me, that's good, that's, you know, I'm a part of the church of Scotland or whatever, that's, that's me, I'll just say this, Jesus didn't say you had to be christened, Jesus did not say you had to be part of the church, Jesus did say you must be born again, except the man be born again, he'll no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Friend, has there ever been a time where you've been born again? Has there ever been a time where new life has entered into your life that the Bible speaks about when it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature? Old things are passed away. The old, all things are become new. Has there ever been a time in your life where you humbly received God's gift of everlasting life? Oh, friend, if you've never done that, God invites you to do that today. God desires you to bow your heart before Him and accept His gift, His loving gift of His Son and His death on the cross for your sin, to close with God and say, God, I'm sorry I've lived a life against you. I'm sorry that I've turned my back on you, but I understand that you love me today. I understand that you, uh, your son died for me and that he didn't stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. And just by your lips, uh, testifying to God, God, by faith, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. You could pray it other ways. There was a man in the Bible, he was a publican. A publican in the Bible was a tax collector. He was a thief. He stole uh, from people. His prayer was this, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God justified him through that prayer as he confessed the fact of who he was, seeking justification from God, seeking the righteousness of God. God in his mercy imputed righteousness to that man. Friend, if you only have your righteousness today, you've got unrighteousness. 
Because the Bible says there's none righteous, no not one. All our righteousness, as the Bible says, are as filthy rags. Why? Because our sin is a transgression of the law. Our sin defiles us. If we have a little bit of sin in our life, our life is defiled by that sin. And frankly, all of us have a lot of sin in our life. Jesus Christ didn't come to die for good people. Jesus didn't die for religious people. Jesus Christ died for sinners. Jesus Christ died for us. The Bible says while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid that price so that we could be forgiven. He paid that price despite the fact that they mocked him on the cross. They laughed at him there. I get to see a little bit as I preach on the streets of how Jesus Christ was treated. It's a very sad thing where people mock God, where people laugh at God, where people stood at the cross and they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ and they didn't care about what he had done. They didn't care about what he was doing. They thought, uh, you know, this blasphemer claiming to be the Christ and they crucified him, but he was the Christ. He was exactly who he said he was. And as he died, he died on the cross for their sin. He died on the cross for those that mocked him. He died on the cross for those that cursed him. He died on the cross for those that despised him. Just like he died on the cross for you. Just like he died on the cross for me. I'll tell you this today as a preacher of the word of God. I'm not ashamed to stand on the street corner and declare the truth of what my Savior did because my Savior did so much more for me. My Savior took my my sin, my Savior took my shame, my Savior took my cross, He took my punishment on the cross. You know what, it would be the least that any Christian could do today is to stand up and testify that the God that loved them is the God that loves others as well. And that in the mercy of God today, you can be forgiven. If there's never been a time in your life where you've humbled your heart and bowed before God, I just encourage you today, seek God while you can. Don't delay. Nobody's guaranteed another week. Nobody's guaranteed another year. Don't delay. If God's speaking to your heart, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God would have you bow the knee before him and accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your savior. The Bible says, but God commendeth, God demonstrated, God showed his love toward us. And that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die. You know, nobody today is going to go give their life for anybody that we see out here today. But I'll tell you this, there's a man that did. That man is the Lord Jesus Christ. That man is the Savior. He's the one that paid the price so that we could be forgiven. He died so that we could live. You know, today, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I pray that you do that. Father, I thank you for the grace that you give. I thank you for the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to set men free from their sin. Father, I pray in your mercy that many would get saved. And uh, Father, what we really need is revival. Father, we need an awakening. Father, we need sinners to stop looking, listen, to understand about God's mercy and God's grace for them. Oh God, today, may many be saved. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.